Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am one half of your horrifying host duo back from the dead, Barnabas. And I am the other half of the deadly duo, the great prince of demons, Samael. Yes, yes. Welcome back, Gravers, to yet another new episode of Grave Discussions. It's been a while, but we are finally back. This is episode 107, The Return of the Living Bushwhackers. (laughs) We've been here forever, Mm -hmm. pun intended. Honestly, it could have been so easy to just like stop doing the podcast, but it's been like four years, uh, five, hold on. Five years or something like that. Fucking was it crazy. was it February or March? I think it was March. Five years. March twenty eighteen. So almost six, almost six years. That's holy crazy, cow, man. dude. <laughs> and I mean, we're still pumping out episodes, guys, and we are so happy to be back. Uh, you know, life takes unexpected turns, but one thing always stays true, and it is grave discussions, and we are still here. We're still kicking and we're bringing you guys another new episode. This one is going to revolve around a brand new film that came out a few weeks ago now, I would say. And it's actually a sequel to uh, a a cool little indie, low budget, kind of like retro throwback slasher movie called The Barn. And it is The Barn Part 2. And it's so weird how we ended up finding the barn. Me and Barnabas were just vibing at my place. We're just scrolling through Tubi. That's before Tubi got like really big and everyone knew about it. So we were just like, you know, scrolling, trying to find something. And then the cover art really stood out. Jesus Christ. The cover art stood out and it was like the barn. And I was like, the hell is this? And it was like throwback 80s style supernatural slasher. And I was like, oh, this is right up our fucking alley. And then... Lo and behold, almost six years later, here we are about to cover the second movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's been a wild ride, and I've been waiting for the sequel for a while. I think, I think you maybe told me about the possibility of the sequel. I mean, it had to have been like, a, what, a year or two ago or something when they first announced it? And I was yeah, really Yeah, I think hyped. it was two. Yeah, and I, and I was super hype about it. And uh, it, I mean, it's finally here, so that's what we're going to talk about. But as always with these, uh, you know, delays in, in the episodes, we have a lot going on. So I just wanted to see how you're doing, man, and, and what you've been up to. Give us a, a little, you know, sneak peek into Samael's life. Golly gee whiz, Samael has been swamped at work and the changes that work has been presenting. But we've ranted enough about work before the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to get into the positive. Yeah. Um, both of mine and Barnabas's birthdays just passed. And he's, as you know, if you didn't know this, Barnabas is one day older than me. Yeah. Which is crazy that, like, we became, like, bestest buds forever. And we were just, like, we had more in common than we thought. And the Big 30 hit us both. And yeah. for my Big 30, I got a Terrifier mask. I got Ooh. a bunch of horror movie patches for my vests i got a bunch of new horror stickers to like litter my room with i got a bunch of beard grooming stuff some cologne and most importantly i got the new xbox series x and i have pre-ordered 
the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Ooh. dropping August 18th, and I'm so excited. I'm going to be streaming on Twitch, and if you guys ever want to check me out, it's twitch.tv slash hex tree fitty. All right, tree fitty. Hell yeah. I need about tree fitty. <laughs> nice, dude. That all sounds sick. And, that's, and just a heads up, Gravers, the next episode of Grave Discussions, which will be recording very soon, is actually going to be about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game. So we're going to get it. We're going to play it. Sam's going to stream it, of course. And, uh, you know, once we have some hands-on experience and feedback, we're actually going to discuss it for the podcast and probably do maybe even a little video review showcasing the game and everything. And uh, that's going to be a fun one. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. It's going to be the highlight of the summer. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much the end of the summer going into Halloween. I can't believe it's almost fucking fall, dude. That's crazy. Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. I was... On one of the main roads where I live on the east side, they have two Spirit Halloweens opening up soon Ooh. this month. And I drove by one of them today. The doors were wide open and they were unloading new stuff and Ooh. walking it into the store today. Nice. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, my wife has already uh, sent me a bunch of posts about like the Code Orange stuff at all the stores and like new Halloween products. And I'm just like, holy shit, like we got to go. It's at least five different stores to see what kind of Halloween products they have. And yeah, we already, we already you, bought a bunch too. So I don't know if you saw my uh, my Instagram story, but Meyer's already stocking up on the Halloween candy. Nice. No, I didn't see that. But there's, I mean, I think Walmart has their Halloween stuff out now. Pottery Barn and like Crate and Barrel and like Home Goods has been had it. And we actually bought a bunch of stuff at Home Goods already. Yeah. Um, I know. Uh, fucking joanne michaels and Mm -hmm. hobby lobby over here have already stocked up on halloween stuff oh yeah yeah it's it's, a it's the best time of the year in my opinion and i'm really looking forward to it but i mean as for me um for for my birthday i didn't get too much i mean i did buy myself some movies uh but the main attraction really was going to motor city nightmares which um, I mean, I've shared oh on God. on TikTok and I've shared with you and everything, and it was absolutely incredible. Uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen my highlights of that, definitely go check out the Grave Discussions TikTok, where I uh, basically made like a little TikTok about that, and it was it was just such an amazing time. I mean, meeting uh, Bruce Campbell, Kane Hodder, uh, D. Wallace, Barbara Crampton. Uh, it was was absolutely incredible, and then like seeing all the other people there, of course, was was fantastic, and uh, that was awesome. And then uh, over the past weekend, actually, we saw something that I think you would also dig, and it's not something that I, I was like sure I was going to enjoy, but it was actually a circus, but it was horror themed. Oh my god! And it's called uh, it's called the Paranormal Cirque, C I R Q U E. And they like travel, you know, the country, of course, they're like a traveling circus or whatever, but it's like an adult themed show. There's like no one under the age of 13 allowed 13 to 17. Like you have to be supervised by a guardian and uh, it's just awesome. Like there's a bunch of horror themed shit. They curse and everything and they kind of, they put on a show, you know, like there's acrobatics and gymnastics and circus shit like that, but they also have like an ongoing kind of story 
in the show and it's just awesome so if it if they ever come down to you you got to go check it out that sounds so badass yeah over here we don't have a horror themed one but always around um around november we got this thing called the the hottie shrine circus okay. which is just like a traditional circus where people do acrobatics and they bring out elephants and a whole bunch of other crazy shit nice well yeah check out that paranormal circ because i mean they might come to indiana i don't know i uh, hope so but they they're like in michigan now and we saw them in ann arbor and they were like going to a few other cities too so damn yeah it was it was dope but uh that i mean that's that's pretty much been it for me i've still been trying to watch uh, some new horror movies and doing reviews for uh de facto filmreviews.com so um uh i'm actually going to be covering this new like frankenstein kind of adaptation called birth rebirth this week and then uh, we saw cobweb over the weekend which was actually pretty sick i think you uh, would probably enjoy it and uh yeah but that's either here nor there we're talking about the barn two today so we won't hold you guys up anymore let's get right into our discussion of the barn part two we will do that right after this very quick break so Go do what you got to do, and we'll be back on Grave Discussions. And welcome back, fiends, to episode 107. We are talking all about The Barn Part 2. Now, first things first, what is The Barn? We kind of went into it a little earlier uh, at the beginning of the episode, but I, I would assume if you're listening to this, you probably have seen The Barn 1 or at least are aware of it. But uh, as as we mentioned, The Barn came out a, a few years ago at least. Let me look up the actual like release date. Should be 2017 if I'm not mistaken or 2018. 2016, I guess it was oh, produced, but it, maybe it came out. 2017 that sounds about right but uh yeah it was uh the little like retro throwback slasher movie that could super low budget uh acting was questionable at best you know (laughs) during like a lot of it but it was really really cool like it had that 80s vibe down to a t it had some awesome practical effects mostly practical effects and even that like weird 80s style like dinky cgi kind of you know in a a lot of places um and featured some really cool monsters and um why why don't you kind of uh, give a backstory as to like what the the plot like the concept of that movie was so there's this barn if you knock three times you open a portal from hell and unleash three demons the boogeyman which is like the devil's right hand man this like pumpkin headed dude i'm not great with names i just i love the movie there's the like the the pumpkin head dude and then there's a scarecrow and then they murder you and the story follows sam and josh they run like a haunted house um sam like is a prank on like the mayor or some shit i don't know who she is and then she tells his dad and he gets grounded so, you know, they're out trick-or-treating. They decide to go knock on this barn, and they literally unleash hell. And that's the premise of the first one. Yep. Yeah, there's yeah the ritual and everything. And it's just a really fun movie, especially if you like those kind of like 
raunchy, campy, hokey, 80, yeah, hokey <laughs> '80s, you know, slasher movies. That's that's essentially the gist. And now, God, seven years later, we get the Barn Part Two, and obviously, we're gonna start off with with no spoilers for the people who maybe haven't seen the movie yet. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get around to whether we liked it or not and and whether you should watch it or not. But I mean, I think you should still check it out anyway, especially if you've seen the the first movie, but then we'll get into the spoilers so we can really, you know, dive in and and talk about how we feel about it. But uh, the barn part two takes place sometime after the first movie. And that first movie took place uh, in in a little town called Weary Falls, I believe. Is is that right, Sam? I think you're right. And it took place in the 90s as well. Yeah. Actually, uh, Halloween 1989. So just on the cusp of the 90s. thought it was the 90s. Yep, you're right. 89. This movie does take place during the early 90s. I think officially the story takes place in 1992, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah, so I remember they said it's been like three years. Yeah, that sounds right. So now we're, I think, in like an adjacent town called Helen's Valley. And so Sam and Josh are still missing. And this story primarily revolves around uh, the sister of Josh, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, the then girlfriend of Sam, or well... She wasn't his girlfriend. Love I think, interest. Right? Love interest. Yeah. They liked each other. Right. Exactly. Sam was kind of oblivious to the fact that she liked him in the first movie because guys are stupid. Yeah. And he was too into Halloween. That was the other big thing is that it took place around Halloween and the whole thing. It was kind of like trick or treat almost where Sam was kind of like the shepherd of Halloween. Like he had these rules that you had to follow and stuff like that. Um, so so he was mostly concerned about that, not about, you know, getting getting poontang yeah <laughs> as it were but um, uh, but yeah essentially this movie mostly revolves around those two girls now they're part of a now they're part of a sorority and they have to put on like this annual fundraiser or something for halloween and they decide to do a haunted house and of course somehow it ends up being a haunted house at a barn uh <laughs> basically in memory to sam and josh and they're trying to like raise money and everything with like the townspeople and stuff like that. So that's essentially the premise. And of course, you're at a barn and you and, and you know, they're not sure if they believe in this in this curse or whatever, this legend, right? Um and so naturally they they trigger everything and it all starts all over again. So that's the that's the basic gist of the barn part 2. And then what follows are a series of cheesy gnarly over the top kills which if i'm being for real i love the kills and i'm not gonna lie some of the kills made me cringe but in a good way not like that mm-hmm. was so shit like in like a oh god what the fuck kind of way yeah exactly and those are the best ones honestly for, especially for a movie like this like if you're not going overboard then i think you're not doing something right but i agree the the kills were, were fantastic um, really this movie still does capture the spirit of what made the first movie so fun and so enjoyable and, uh, really just tries to, tries to continue that on, you know, in this movie, but obviously 
the budget is a little bit bigger. Probably not by much, but a little bit bigger. I mean, I assume it took them like six, seven years to make it for, for good reason. But the, the production value is a little bit better than the, the barn part one. Um, but they really try to introduce some new concepts, some new things, and generally make it a little bit bigger than the barn part one. We actually get more monsters in the barn part two. And we also get some pretty cool cameos. I don't want to dive into all of them in this spoiler-free little discussion right now, but we get some cool cameos. We get more monsters, generally better practical effects and some better production value overall with like makeup and camera and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the gist of it. But in, in essence, it's still the barn. It's pretty much everything that made the first movie kind of like a cult Halloween classic. Um, but whether or not this one is as good or worse or better is definitely a, a good point of discussion. And it's something that we'll dive more into. But in general, without giving away too many spoilers, what did you think of The Barn Part 2? I just thought it was really fun. It, And that's the thing. If like the movie doesn't take itself seriously, which this one didn't. It was really a love letter to Halloween, a love letter to classic slasher movies. Then if the movie's like that, then I can enjoy it a lot more and then forget about like stuff like the, the hokey acting and like mm -hmm. the goofy effects and stuff like that and just follow the fun that goes along as it happens and seeing what happens to our heroine and do we get to find out what happened to our heroes from the first movie? Where did they go? How is this whole situation going to be solved? And then really this movie also just like the first one and just like many Halloween movies that I do love captures that, that spirit of Halloween, which all of my favorite Halloween theme movies managed to capture. And honestly, that's all I, I really care about. It feels, it feels Halloweeny. People are dressed up. They're celebrating Halloween. People are getting murdered. There's monsters. I mean, it's classic Halloween. S spooky monsters and people dying and masks and trick-or-treating. And I mean, like, w what else do you want? And mm. I felt like it accomplished what it wanted to. And my expectations weren't low and my expectations weren't high. I was just like, yay, I get to watch it. So I didn't have like a like set like mindset going into it i was just like let me just enjoy this because like i've been talking about this and i've been expecting mm -hmm. this one for years and i even like backed it so like you know yeah. i made like a little donation and honestly i'm i'm glad i finally got to get around to watching it i still need to watch uh i think it was also made by justin seaman it's seaman it's 10 31 the anthology i I also have 1031 part two that I still oh, haven't gotten to. Is that out already? Yeah, it's oh, out. Man. Okay. It. Oh shit. Really? Is it streaming yeah. anywhere? Because I actually wasn't aware that that came out. It, I think it might be on Tubi. Okay. All right. I'll have to look into it. Yeah. We should, we should also check that one out and, and maybe do a, if not a podcast episode, then like something, you know, for it, but for sure. Um, but that, yeah, 1031 was, was also pretty dope. I definitely prefer the barn just because I think, I like the way that the the narrative was structured and 
again, how it felt like a sort of more classic 80s style slasher movie, right? With all these monsters and shit like that. I just like the overall concept of it. I like being able to become attached to the main characters over the course of like a whole feature film. And even though I, I have my reservations a little bit with uh the main characters not so much josh but like i have always found that uh sam is like not the best but i still kind of you know he's still kind of endearing as like a character and and as a little dramatic a little dramatic a little a little stiff at times but um but i don't know i've I've kind of come to like him as like an actor and, and the character um so i liked the bushwhackers you know that's what they call themselves in the first movie and um and, and you know like getting to know like the side characters and and the monsters and the monsters were one of the best parts of the barn so um yeah i i, I really enjoy the first movie and i like 1031 as well but um for some reason it's, it's not as memorable to me as the barn so that's why i was really looking forward to the barn part two because i you know it was going to be a continuation of, of all that stuff we get to hope maybe see what happens to you know, the bushwhackers and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, I I understand. I mean, my expectations weren't incredibly high either because it's not like this was evil dead rise or something like that. You know, it wasn't like they were going to magically get like a $20 million budget and crank out like the next Halloween movie or some shit like that. But yeah, it was just a a passion project for their cult following. Exactly. And yeah, like like you pretty much alluded to, crowdfunded, just like I believe the first one was. So, I mean, this is really backed by passionate horror fans who want to see, you know, monsters, sex, and like fake blood and and just like shit like that, right? So that's essentially what, what part two is as well. So And honestly, it didn't disappoint in that sense. No. I felt like it it achieved what it wanted to mm-hmm. like i said didn't take itself seriously delivered the halloween feel the slasher feel the tropes and everything and it's i don't know i i thought it was fine and i felt like it was just as good as the first one the first one definitely had that magic mm-hmm. to me at least because when i watched it like i found it with you maybe that's why it had that magic not trying to get all sappy but like it was a movie that we found together Mm -hmm. and that we enjoyed together and our eyeballs and our brain got to like watch it and absorb that at the same time for the first time for both of us and that's what really made it special to me was like finding that movie with you and then being able to be like you remember when we sat down and randomly just found the barn like that was crazy that was a that was a fantastic discovery and i mean it's not the only movie that we've discovered like that but yeah um but it's it's still special for sure but even on rewatches like i did rewatch a bunch of it before i checked out part two and it definitely still holds up i mean maybe part of that is like the nostalgia and the special attachment but even not considering that like there's there is still something kind of like magical about it you know and whether it's just like the passion that you can feel behind it or just how raw everything feels because it is a like a lower budget film i don't know but um but it's a really cool movie and i agree i think this one is is pretty much just as good there are of course aspects of it that i'm not like the biggest fan of but we will get into that in in just a minute once we get into the spoilers but 
overall, I do enjoy it. I think if you if you've seen the barn, you're you're definitely gonna like this one as well. But um, if you haven't, I definitely think you should check out both. And I think they would be actually a really cool like like double feature, like a back to back viewing. You know, I agree, and I think like. You know, if if you do enjoy the barn and the barn part two, if that's like your forte of like cheesy horror, then definitely also check out Justin M. Seaman's other stuff like Ten Thirty One, and I think they, I think he also did Volumes of Blood. Don't quote me on that. Oh really? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, possibly. Um, I know he did. I or did he do the Witching Hour? I'm not sure. I have to look into it. But I know Ten Thirty One for sure. The Hag that segment with hmm. the guy who played Sam, he was in that as well, and. That was my favorite segment on 1031. He apparently did a movie called Cryptids, which I don't know why I haven't heard of before because I love cryptid shit. Um, But okay, this is also apparently an anthology where he did uh, a movie, um, well, a segment called The Beast of Bladenboro. I'm going to have to seek this one out because this seems kind of cool. Might be a good, might be a good like little um, new movie for us to check out and talk about. Out of 33 reviews, it's got a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, and it says it's an anthology film about a paranormal radio show that accepts calls from individuals who have encountered creatures from the unknown. Okay. I love that premise. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I don't I don't think this is right, but the, the top cast, it says John Bloom as Harlan Dean, but it's got a picture of Joe Bob Briggs. Is that his real? Is that his real name, or did somebody just fuck up on IMDb? I don't. I have no I idea. Know. I never. I don't really, uh, really dive into like. If someone has an alias, I don't care mm-hmm. for their real name because yeah. Joe Bob will always be Joe Bob. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, speaking of which, we're gonna dive into the spoilers for the Barn Part Two right now. So, fair warning: if you have not seen the movie yet and you don't want spoilers you should still listen to the rest of the episode so that we get some traction, but yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, you can always pause it, but you can pause, pause it, come back later after you watch it. Mm-hmm. And you let us know if you felt how we felt. Exactly. Yeah. So now that you've seen the movie and we have your attention, let's, let's talk about it. Uh, so obviously there's a lot to dig into here. Um, there, like, like I, like I alluded to, there's definitely things that are much bigger in the barn part two. Um, and I'm not even really sure where to start. So where do you want to start, Sam? I mean, I think we should start at the beginning. Like Michelle goes to, is it, I, this is where I was confused where me and Olivia were confused because we, I watched the barn with her as well. Like month, like maybe a year or two ago. Because I wanted mm-hmm. to show her like one of my favorite Halloween like theme movies. Um, did Michelle go back to the barn not knowing it was the barn, or did she like go to a different barn that somehow summoned these demons from hell because of like the little symbols on it, or did she go back thinking that the knocking would resurrect Sam and Josh? So, so you're talking about the barn that they held like the haunted house in. Yeah, I think it was I think it was basically said that uh, this was just another random barn that they just so happened to come across because it was uh, that Charlie dude's uncles or something like that. And they just needed some place to like hold a haunted house in. But 
I think it was explained at the very beginning of the movie from during that, the campfire, from right? The preacher, yeah, from the preacher guy that it doesn't matter really, like if it's a specific barn or not. It just has to be a barn, and he just like has to paint the symbols on it, and it That's still triggers like the ritual. So they they probably found out that they got a barn and just kind of thought like you know what like maybe if we try it then we'll get them back yeah because i know michelle mentioned near the end like she knew like when she knocked that like she was hoping it would bring back sam exactly so that's that's what i think it was also speaking of that i don't know if you caught this and i had to go back and i'm i don't think i'm wrong but maybe i'm wrong this is kind of a side. I mean, okay. it's, it's in the movie, but it's not exactly related to. I don't, anyway, when and I don't know if you paid that much attention to this, but okay. So when Michelle and and uh, God, what's her name? What's is the, it? Josh's the sister? sister's name? Yeah, no fucking idea. Honestly, I was Jesus. just like, that's okay. Josh's sister, the blonde. I know. Girl. Yeah, I know. I I feel bad. Maybe it's I'm Heather. Bad with is names. it Heather? I'm on the IMDb. I think it's Heather. Maybe. Anyway, okay. when they are like figuring out the the fundraiser thing for the haunted house and they go to like the video store and they encounter charlie for the first time and he tells them about his it's his uncle right he says my uncle has like uh, a place or a barn or whatever that you could uh that you could use for your haunted house because he sends them there remember yeah but and i was really confused it's not that big of a deal but charlie is obviously white and the uncle is very not white, and so I yeah, I wasn't black sure guy with the suspended. Yeah, so I wasn't sure about the relation. It's not important at all, but it's just like a funny thing that I I noticed. I was like, hold on, did he say it's his uncle? And I had to like rewind and and make sure that that's what he said. Listen, Char- like, huh. listen, Charlie could be mixed. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, it's very uncle, possible. I'm not like, maybe, it, it, or maybe he was adopted, or yeah, could be. It, was I was that just his, trying to like think uh, about w- it. Was that supposed to be his uncle, or was that supposed to be like the caretaker? I I don't know. I I I think I think he said it was his uncle, so I just assumed that that was him. I mean, you're right; it could have been a caretaker. But. Yeah, honestly, because I was like, "Who is this black man?" <laughs> it's not a big deal un- at all. No, I I did notice like, it, but like, it's just a funny thing I noticed, and I was like, "Hold on a second. <laughs> Yeah, not that it's impossible, I mean, it could, but I mean, it it could be like his aunt married a black guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's still your uncle. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just thought it was like, of course, it's like a very real possibility. I just it was kind of just funny to me. Oh, I just for sure. I would, yeah, I noticed it too, <laughs> but I just was like, I'm just suspending my disbelief. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, anyway, not it doesn't matter, but I just wanted to bring that up. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so even at the very beginning of the movie, though, let's just jump right back into the analysis. Um, I love that they hearken back to the original film and basically just killed a bunch of kids outright, like right at the beginning, which is basically oh, yeah, that what the was... barn did. And then the and then spoiler alert. Well, we already said yeah. They the the demons kill the preacher too. Yep. They, they were basically just, like... just yeah take take control. But also, like, why did the demons need to be summoned by knocking on the barn if they were already back and killed the preacher? Well, they they were... Well, hold on. Now I'm trying to, like, rack my brains to think about what happened. I mean, yeah, they were back, but I don't think they were re-summoned. I think when they knocked, 
they summoned more demons, right? And then that attracted like the the original three back to that barn. I, I think, yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. That's what I'm going with. Because at first, suspending disbelief, we're yeah. going with it. Because we're the we're the pig we're the pig and the and the raven or crow demon or whatever at the very beginning or was it just the original three? Um, I can't remember. I think it was the original three. Mm. Okay, well now now the, I don't remember because then I remember when they were at the haunted house, like we didn't even really we we heard the crow crow man raven man yeah. first, and then I was so worried that the raven and the pig were Josh and Sam. Were you? Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even really think about it. Olivia, I wasn't thinking about it. Then Olivia's like, oh my God, do you think the bird and the pig are Josh and Sam? I was like, Damn. please no. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're already in spoiler territory, but obviously it, it wasn't them, but... It wasn't. Um, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that at all. Although, not since we're on that topic, I guess, I mean, we already mentioned that there were more monsters, of course. I think it's cool that they added more monsters and even those like little minions and stuff. And the zombies? But, yeah. The the zombies were pretty cool. But honestly, I'm not like the biggest fan of the pig and the and the crow monsters. No, I felt like what I I guess like because I mean the original three's shtick mm-hmm. was like a scarecrow, the boogeyman, and a pumpkin head. Yeah. A la Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, but also bird and pig. Like, Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think they the could have been cool, but they just. And then the, the next movie is going to be a tiger man and a ladybug man. <laughs> a, a ladybug man could be terrifying. <laughs> and, though, and a man from the sea, a sea man. <laughs> a sea man. <laughs> that'd, that'd be funny. Or a semen covered man. Oh. Uh. He just comes out the portal. He's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, I need a shower. Honestly, I, oh. wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past these guys though, because I mean they do have some like messed up shit in their movies, but yeah, but um, it was fantastic. Th- that's that's hilarious. Also, I don't can know, we we'll also see. talk about like the weird how like a lot of parts of the movie, like that big fight sequence at the church or like town hall, whatever, mm-hmm. was kind of like drawn out anticlimactic, and then it just like ended abruptly. Yeah, and they were like, "Go back inside," and she just kind of like waddled back inside i i also did think the transition was extremely weird wasn't that wasn't it like um linnea quigley's character like takes a chainsaw or something to one of them and then that's like the last we see of her and then it cuts to um whoever it is at like that convenience store or something like that yeah it was like what happened it was really like not awkward it was just like the the way it went from one person to yeah. another killing the demons was really weird. And then Ari Lehman was like <laughs> killing people and then his yeah. boy died and then he just stood there and got eaten. Yeah. Like, it was really, really, it was kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. The, the struck, it, no, go ahead. Didn't like ruin it for me, but yeah, like it was really drawn out. And me and Olivia were sitting there and Olivia was like, what's happening right now? I know. I mean, the movie itself is like pretty choppy anyway, but there were definitely some parts of, part two where i thought the structuring just could have been a little bit better like i don't know if they storyboarded or what but maybe they could have benefited from it if they did just because scenes like that were kind of weird it's like they were trying to make a montage but it wasn't really a montage and it was exactly i felt like even the fight sequences like weren't physical if you Mm. know what i mean like it like it didn't seem physical enough the fighting wasn't like aggressive enough yeah like it almost didn't see it was just kind of like 
thump yeah boop and then like two seconds of like silence before it transitioned to like another action yeah that, sequence I, like someone hitting someone with like a shovel and then it was like Ugh. yeah and then like two seconds of silence and then it would switch <laughs> i i guess uh i mean the the fight and like the stunt choreography wasn't the greatest i mean not that i expected it to be from a movie like this but it, it could have been a little bit better i think what worked for the barn part one is that you didn't really have too much like pushback from the characters besides Sam and Josh. Most of the other characters didn't put up much of a fight. So they just got like fucking ganked by, by the monsters, you know, which is, I mean, it's probably how it should be. They were like, they had no knowledge of, of these monsters and they were defenseless teenagers and they really had to like show that the monsters were like ruthless. Right. So it was mostly, mostly just like, a swipe or whatever and then the character was dead but in this one it was like they were they were trying to do a little bit more with the scenes which i get but some of it was a little wonky yeah but it didn't take me out of it no i was just kind of sitting there like looking left and right yeah (laughs) like is this i couldn't tell if if like when when like they would kill one of the monsters if it was going to keep going or Mm. if like it was going to be over because of like how long it lasted and then how long like the awkward little like moments of nothingness after they killed the monster mm-hmm. were and i was just like are we are... it seemed like there was no sense of urgency when the monsters were all like walking toward them yeah and they were just killing them all one at a time it didn't seem like they were in any danger does that make sense you know what i mean it does yeah but you know what at the same time though it's shit like that 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 reinforces the fact that this is a movie that was like and this is hyperbole because I don't know. You might know because you backed the movie, but made on like, you know, a $20,000 budget or whatever, right? It's probably, it's more than that, I'm sure. But it's, I'm just, I'm just, you know, exaggerating, but. Yeah, ballpark. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. But um, it, it just, it reinforces that fact. You know, if, if that shit was happening in like a Christopher Nolan movie, I'd be like, yo, was everybody high on like PCP when they were. Yeah, like, like what's going scene? on? But, <laughs> yeah, it, it like. I don't know, but it's excusable because, like, maybe that was intentional. Yeah. To be kind of, like, corny, campy, you know, because shit like that definitely happened in, in actual 80s and even 90s, like, horror movies, you know. Oh, where, one million percent. Yeah. Where where that maybe, like, department wasn't, like, as advanced or whatever, and so... You know, and they had a smaller budget. They had actors who maybe had never like been in a fight before, which is probably most of them. And and they didn't have like a stunt coordinator or whatever. So they were just kind of doing the best they could. We'll just say that they were doing the best they could. Some and, uh, uh, trivia, though. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just I found this out the other day and I forgot to tell you. There's actually a The Barn Part 2. They released a Super Nintendo game oh. that you could back and an barn part one regular nes game hmm. but it's like actual yeah it's actual for those, game for those con- damn yeah interesting i mean i wonder if i could do get it on like an emulator or something because i mean i sure as fuck don't have either of those consoles but yeah it would be the, cool. ac- the backing for the game actually made almost ten thousand dollars damn wow what's the goal uh I, c- I can't see the goal i'm trying to click on the campaign for the mm. actual the barn the barn part two made fifty six thousand and seventy two dollars. Hmm. 
I wonder what the budget was. Or oh, you mean that's that's what it made on? Uh, yeah, on Indiegogo. Okay, okay. okay. I was so almost 50, I was almost halfway there. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> by uh, yeah, it looks like the barn part two, the game is. I can't tell if it's being released or if it mm-hmm. was released. The barn and the barn part two video game. A strange fog has rolled into the town of Helen's Valley. Come an army of zombies, goblins, and the barn baddies. Join Sam and Rochelle as they battle enemies through town into cemeteries. Yeah, it's like an actual game. You can play as Drive-In Joe, Dottie, Sam, Michelle, Heather, and Charlie. Interesting. Yeah, it's an actual game. Sam at the torture room, (laughs) Drive-In Joe at the drive-in, Dottie at the playhouse. Yeah. And they have a board game as well. Nice. I might have to get the board game. That'd be sick. Nice. Well, so yeah, so you know, fifty six thousand dollar budget. I mean, it it shows, but I think they did a lot with that budget um, in this movie. Like I said, it definitely feels way bigger than the bar in part one, and I feel like a chunk of that probably had to go to not only the the, the effects, which are definitely better than the bar in part one, and also to some of their cameo appearances as well, which. Um, we kind of alluded to, but obviously if you've seen the movie, you know that, you know, Lloyd Kaufman's in it, Doug Bradley. Pinhead as Josh's himself. grandpa. Yep. He, Doug he has Bradley's really cool Josh's scene. grandpa. And also apparently Doug Bradley lives with Josh's dad who, and they both also live in the Myers house. Yep. Yeah, so fun bit of trivia here. Um, it says Sarah Barnhart's house was actually filmed at a life-size replica of the Myers house from John Carpenter's Halloween, located in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Uh, and it's apparently the personal residence of horror fan Kenny Caperton. I didn't know that, but shout out Kenny. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty pretty dope. So that's really cool. Your your uh, house is uh, in a movie now, so that's that's awesome. And Doug Bradley sat in the seat, no less. And then but, we got Joe Bob Briggs is driving yep. Joe. And who else do we have? You mentioned Lloyd Kaufman. Yep. Uh, Dan Dar- Prince, Dar- who's Darcy the male girl. Yep. Is one of the sorority sisters. Those are kind of the big ones. Um, but they were really cool. Joe Bob's only in it for like a scene. And another bit of trivia here, uh, which is fun. App- apparently his name is John Bloom, by the way. So that must be his oh, real shit. name. I don't know. But uh, it says... He, he was in that Cryptids movie, and it says he filmed his scene on the same day he filmed scenes for Cryptids, which was a year before the rest of the movie was filmed. He couldn't remember his lines and ended up improvising much of his dialogue. It's actually kind of hilarious. Like, even in that scene, it kind of seems like he might be improvising because it, it's it's so hard to determine, though, because he does such a good job at riffing, like, how he does on the last drive-in. Like, he just, he's, he's such a great talker. Um, so even though he only had a few minutes in the barn part two, um, he was one of the standout parts for sure. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty exciting because, you know, obviously uh, these like horror icons have had to at least have seen the barn part one and, and they were into the sequel so much that they came on. I mean, even though, you know, it wasn't for like a ton of screen time, Diana Prince or Darcy definitely had the most screen time out of all of them. But I mean, I I think they all did a great job and they all wanted to do this. And it just makes me excited for if there's a barn part three, you know, what kind of horror legends are we going to see in that movie? 
So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that for sure. But um, apart from that, like I said, everything has been kind of bigger, uh, the kills and everything else. So well, we could we could talk about just how the plot progresses, what we like, don't like about it and the kills, too. Um, overall, I think the plot was was pretty cool. You know, it seems like kind of a natural progression from the barn one. And I like the fact that we get uh, Michelle and Heather as the protagonist now for most of the movie. How do you feel about their story and how do you feel about them as the protagonists like compared to Sam and Josh? I I thought it worked and it made sense. Um, I was, I knew they were going to take the Sam and Josh. I didn't read any synopsis or any spoilers ahead, but I had a feeling this was going to be like Sam and Josh disappeared that night, but I didn't know where it was going to go from there. I thought it was going to follow like a new group of kids who hears about it. Mm-hmm. I liked the route that they took with bringing Michelle and Heather into it because two people really close to them that missed them very much that were wondering like, where the hell did they go? Mm-hmm. And seeing them go through their own adventure of this and seeing what, and being able to deduce like what happened to Sam and Josh as it happened to them, like, Oh shit, this shit was real. Mm-hmm. And this is what Sam and Josh had to go through. Cause you remember Michelle saying, Oh, I just saw people in hoods last time. I didn't really get to see much of anything. But if I remember correctly, didn't she get attacked by one of them while she was like in the van trying to leave? I th- Oh, by one of the monsters, you mean? Yeah, I thought she got attacked by know. either the Scarecrow or the Boogeyman. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. It's possible, but it might have been one of those things where, you know, maybe she was, but she was so, like, panicky and afraid that, you know, she didn't know what she saw, that kind of a thing, right? I mean, like, maybe she thought it was yeah. her imagination or something like that because she was about to be fucking sacrificed. <laughs> that's That's what I'm going to go with because I can't exactly remember but um obviously it was a traumatic event and so if she did it could have just you know all been in her mind in her opinion who knows but that's that's why in this movie they really stress that you know once the shit starts happening to them they really actually you know truly believe it and for a good chunk of it heather especially doesn't really believe in it because nothing really happened to her yeah and then she left to go get some stuff before like like literally minutes before she hit the fan and then she came back to like all her sorority sisters like turn into zombies and mm-hmm. you know charlie like hiding in a closet like your sorority sisters just tried to eat me like you know what i mean yeah so she kind of like came into it blind and honestly i thought she was gonna be dead but she was badass and she like fought back mm-hmm. and i was like kind of shook that like they didn't like kill her off especially like after like big spoiler sam makes his return and he kind of just came out of a wall and was like i'm here now yeah and here's the part that confused me okay sam was like unaware that how much time went by Mm -hmm. but and then fast forward Josh comes back, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. sees his sister and goes, a long time, no see, sis. So did right. Sam and Josh experience different things? Because we know Sam and Josh got separated. So maybe for Sam, it was like, felt like it's been hours. But for yeah. Josh, it he experienced it different. And it's like literally been years for him, just as it was for everybody else. That's possible. I mean, I think 
I hope that that's something that they'll get into if and when they do do a part three. But um, that's a that's a really curious theory. I'm not sure. I also kind of think it might just be Josh, you know, being like a jokester because that is kind of his personality, you know, just to like come back and say a quippy, cool one liner or whatever, you know. Josh gives me um like Devin Sawa vibes. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But I just think that's kind of his personality. Although you might be onto something. I mean, you know, we won't really know until another movie comes out, I think. Especially because he does come back literally right at the end. So we don't get to get that same explanation that we do from Sam, you know? I, now, I, go ahead. Go on, sorry. No, no, all you. Oh, no, yours was going to be a continual thought. I was going to bring up another gripe okay. I had. Well, me, well, it mine is also kind of a gripe, but... Um, I was just going to say with, with Josh coming back, it was a cool reveal at the end, but I also felt kind of gypped by only seeing him at the end of the movie because I felt like getting both characters in and like having them interact and, and getting maybe a little bit more of like Josh's backstory would have been cool to see, but I guess it also kind of works considering how the movie ends, you know, and now oh my God. they might all, almost kind of be enemies. So I guess we got to explain in, in that way, part. Huh? We got to explain that part. So everyone gets what we're talking yeah. about there. Well, if you've seen the movie, then yeah, but it's basically um, it's implied that Sam might be now what possessed or something by the monsters or a monster himself. Yeah, because, spoiler alert, after Sam comes back on screen, he gets not even 30 minutes on screen, and then he gets killed. Yep. And then so we they see They kill see Sam. Him. I know. Well, yeah, they they kill him, but then he comes back at the, the very, very end, and Sees Charlie and Michelle locking lips. Yep. And they see him, too, or at least Michelle does, I think, right? And then... Yeah. And then he gets, like, that, like demonic kind of glimmer in his eye or whatever and then the movie's over so yeah it's i don't know it's gonna be really interesting i kind of like it but i do because i i feel like they purposely set up josh to come back at the end (laughs) Mm -hmm. to set up sam versus josh for the next movie is josh gonna snap him out of it is josh gonna have to like take care of sam for good is sam gonna kill josh Mm -hmm. Or is Sam or is Sam gonna kill Michelle? Is Sam gonna kill Heather? Or are they all gonna end up killing Sam? Or is he gonna end up killing all of them? I uh, it so many questions. Yeah. And I really I really like that they ended it like that, but I was mm-hmm. I was very sad that that's what happened to Sam. Yeah, me too. I mean he did kind of have a hero's death, which is good, but but at least he's not like dead, dead completely. So I am very interested to see what happens. I mean, considering that, I do think it is it is interesting and now that i kind of think about it that way it's not a terrible thing that josh wasn't in more of the movie because if he was maybe sam wouldn't have died you know what i mean and yeah because their whole like, bushwhackers thing like i mean we thought josh was dead meat in the first movie remember yep and then he came back mm-hmm. yeah i'm uh, curious though because i mean sam like he said he, he could he didn't find josh he didn't know where he was and so they could have had completely different experiences. It's 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 going to be interesting to to dive into. That that's another reason why I like that we had, you know, Michelle and Heather because even though 
their characters weren't as important in the first movie. They're obviously important to this movie, but what's especially important is that more like emotional and personal connection to Sam and Josh. And if we just had like some other random characters, even if Sam and Josh happened to come back or whatever, I feel like it wouldn't have been the same because this really feels like more of an actual narrative, like story continuation of the barn with these same characters rather than just like another random kind of event. And a lot of franchises do that and I never really like it too much. And even though legacy sequels have their issues, I like the fact that we do get those origin characters and we get to continue their story. And that's what I liked about the barn part two as well is that we get to continue that, you know, Sam and Josh and now Michelle and Heather's story. Um, but I, but I also thought that Michelle and Heather did come into their own here. They were both pretty awesome. Um, we got, you know, a little more knowledge about who they are as like characters, which is cool. And they held their own. And I also think it's cool that we had like final boys in the first movie. And now we have the, the more traditional. conventional yeah, final girls as well, um, which is cool. And, and they did a great job, like you said. So um, I liked that. The story overall, I think, made sense. It was cool. I really didn't have an issue with the story itself or or the characters really or anything. It was mainly just like other little things like, I don't know, for, for whatever reason... I thought oh, some fuck. aspects. <laughs> what? <laughs> the random reveal that Michelle had booby trapped the place. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, there were there were a lot of like little fun, uh, stupid moments in in the movie. But I, I was gonna say mainly my my kind of gripes weren't so much with the story or the characters or anything because I actually thought like the writing was actually pretty solid. You know, not all the dialogue or anything was great, but I wouldn't expect that of a movie like this. But yeah, how how the actual story progressed and everything, especially with like that ending, like we described, um, was actually quite good. But there were still aspects to like other things, like even the monsters themselves, that I wasn't as big of a fan of. And I don't know. And I'll get I'll get into that a little bit, but also just like for some reason this movie in comparison to part one, it didn't feel off, but it didn't feel like it quite had the same type of magic that the first movie did. You know what I mean? And no, I don't it think had it was the just same, like feel like it was in the same universe because yeah. a lot of horror movies have that weird like it doesn't feel like the same continuity. Mm-hmm. But this at least felt like like it was a real continuation of the barn yeah. and not just some like random shit that they decided. Like it I mean like yeah. the, the new the new main characters and everything, but it didn't have that like that like f- like you said, the magic mm-hmm. of the first barn because it was like sequels never have that magic though. Let's be real. And yeah, it's hard to capture the magic that the barn did because like Barn One was probably like a it was the very first in the series, the barn, and it was like a passion project. And it was probably like one of like, I'm guessing like one of the actors, first movies and stuff like that. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing it was just like a bunch of friends making a movie together, you know, like as passion projects should be. And like, I don't know, man, it it was part two was good. It just, like you said, the magic just wasn't Mm -hmm. the same. It was the character. The characters all had great chemistry though. Yeah. 
it was still good. I mean, it was a solid, solid movie, but it's hard to describe. It's just something about it. Like while I was watching it, I was like, this is fun. This is cool. But for some reason, it's just like, I don't know, like how the barn progresses, like how the story like uh, develops and how, you know, we get the, the monsters stalking the characters and killing them off. And then we see that awesome kind of like gearing up. And it's like the bushwhackers. Now they're going after the monsters and like stopping this ritual from happening. I don't know. All that together just just felt like more special to me. And there's nothing wrong with the barn part too. It just doesn't have that kind of aspect to it. And I can't really put my finger quite on why besides maybe like the reasons that you just mentioned. But, but there was that. But overall... I mean, I didn't really have too many other gripes. Like, there were weird scenes, like you mentioned. And there were some aspects to the monsters that I wasn't, like, the biggest fan of. I already mentioned that I wasn't a, a huge fan of, like, the the pig and the and the crow. But um, the, the boogeyman, the miner, was still cool. And I think the boogeyman the, is the my favorite. Still cool. Yeah, mine too. But um, I'm not sure that I love this sort of like redesigned look for the for the scarecrow as much yeah he's just a corn cob <laughs> yeah he's just like a weird looking corn cob monster with like leaf ears i don't know it was it was a little weird um and and mostly that and then that like amalgamation at the end where like the three of them fused together was also like i don't know like it was kind of cool, but there was something about it that just didn't sit right with me. Yeah, I don't know I if mean, it was that, its that's big why, fucking mouth or something, but it was just kind of like awkward for me. I don't know. I mean, that's why I don't know. It's something about fusing different entities together. Just like I'm not the biggest fan of, which yeah. is why I didn't like the monster at the end of Evil Dead Rise. But I get it. They're going to be one big family. And yeah, <laughs> what was the reason for fusing these three monsters together? I honestly have no idea. I think somebody maybe watched like Power Rangers right before that and they were like, let's do like a Megazord, but with uh, these three fucking demon monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The that's, Boogeyman's that's head being thought. the Boogeyman's head being the size of a small child was jarring. Yeah, true. It was it was definitely off putting and then like the, the two heads right next to it and then it's got the one body. It was it was a little weird. But I mean, everything else was was pretty solid. Like, you get that sleazy aspect to the movie, you know. I, did, did, did this one seem, like, way sleazier to you, though, than the first yeah, one? Yeah, it was, like, like borderline, like, fucking raunchy and, like... Yeah. The kills were more mean-spirited, I feel. Mm-hmm. Which I don't necessarily mind so much. But this movie, I think, definitely <laughs> took that aspect of, you know, like, sex is a sin to the fucking maximum because there were lots of those scenes and then the kills in response to like those events were gnarly. Yeah, they were like kind of crazy and then just people laying dead with their tits out like yeah. It's a little wild for me. It was maybe a little over the top, like maybe that's one thing that I also wasn't a huge fan of. I mean, obviously you get stuff like that in 80s horror, but it would have been fine if it was like maybe a couple scenes in this one, but it felt like it was a bunch and I don't know. I know that's like a, a weird, almost prudish thing to complain about, but it didn't feel necessary like all the time, like uh, to the level that it was in the barn part two. Yeah. Like all like 
every kill has to be like visceral. Like, yeah, that's we didn't good. really get like a really quick plunk to the head with the hammer and then move right. on. It was kind of like stab, eyeball pops out of the back of the head, rip out the throat. And it was like, mm-hmm. thought it was cool. I think they were just more being like showing off the practical effects, which yeah. I respect. I, yeah, I respect that's fine. That. I mean, at th- in this day and age, I think you kind of have to. You got shit like Terrifier coming out where it's like, you know, like in a fucking new dimension level of brutality, then it's almost like you have to compete with that, you know? Yeah, I so get I that. think that's kind of what they were doing with this one. But what what was your favorite kill? I'll tell you what wasn't my favorite kill. Okay. One of them was kind of basic. The woman being like... um hung and then her neck snapped that was like the least like dramatic kill was that the scarecrow during that like bdsm scene or whatever yeah yeah my favorite kill was like pretty classic though because it was like a la jason x the boogeyman ripping Mm. someone's heart out because it wasn't like over the top it was like reach in switch the angle to behind the guy show him Mm. ripping his heart out it was very like not like a braggadocious special effect you know what i mean yeah and i i like that um when special effects are really like in your face and like crazy it's like Mm -hmm. okay i get it this is what murder looks like you know what i mean i don't know um my favorite may have to be there there were a bunch that i thought were just kind of whatever like all the zombies and the crone shit just like biting and eating people i even yeah. thought that that darcy or diana prince's death was cool i mean she is who she is so i know they had to give her like kind of an over-the-top one but it was mainly just a bunch of those like zombie things and monsters eating her i, th- I think it i think they could have been a little more creative with with her death in the movie but there were a bunch of kills like that that i thought were just kind of like throwaway kills almost yeah, but there were some really cool ones. My favorite might have to be the s'mores kill <laughs> at oh. the beginning of the movie. I think that that was just cool. Um, you get the the stick through the guy's mouth into the uh, into the marshmallow. That was pretty cool. And then that kind of gave us a taste of things to come. Yeah, like, it was like this is what to expect. Um, we're gonna be really graphic with this one, and that mm. was pretty dope. Like you said, you gotta like push the envelope because of Terrifier. Yep. And then the preacher gets like scalped also like soon after that. And then a bunch of kids die. So it's like, okay. Um, I, th- I think the, the kills were pretty consistent after the fact. So overall, I mean, I don't really have a problem with the gore or anything. Obviously they had to ratchet it up to 11 and I think they did just that. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, I think the practical effects were cool. They even had a, freaking explosion in there which granted wasn't like incredible but it was a pretty sufficient explosion for a fifty-six thousand dollar movie for sure so overall on that front i think that it succeeded and like i said you know it's hearkening back to those 80s style horror movies and i think it does a great job of that there are certain small things that i mean i'm not the biggest fan of but overall this is just the kind of movie that you have to sit down and if you're a nostalgic type of horror fan, you just kind of have to enjoy it because it's exactly the kind of stuff that we grew up with. So, yeah, honestly, it like might be a little over the top, but I mean, you always got to 
push the envelope if you're making a sequel, mm-hmm. especially in lieu of Terrifier 2 coming out. And this one I know came out a little bit, I believe a little bit after Terrifier 2. I think this one yep. was actually released around November of last year, if I'm not mistaken. This one, I'm not sure. I think it came to Screenbox this year, but okay, it probably came out at like some festivals or something. So it is still pretty new. And then obviously Terrifier 2 came out last year. But um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, the The ending to this movie definitely made me really excited for a part three. And just like Terrifier 3, I think they have the potential to really dive into some really cool story elements in part three and make that one even bigger. Maybe it'll even show them going into hell or whatever, you know, like that would be pretty dope. But I think that they can really elevate the story of Sam and Josh and now mostly Michelle, but also Heather and them. Um, maybe Charlie will come back, you know, who knows? Um, and and really make it from a narrative perspective really, really cool, which is hard to do with a movie like this. But I think they have the groundwork to make it really awesome. And if they do do that kind of stuff and if they have an even bigger budget i think it could be really really cool yeah i think it's going to be a solid trilogy if that's the route that they want to go yeah i don't know if they should do much more than that especially if they intend to keep the same characters like if they had different characters that might be a different story but does this have the longevity of like a friday the 13th no probably not but again that movie or that franchise also had different characters you know but could this be something like a phantasm? Uh, maybe. I feel like at at that point, though, you're kind of stretching it out. Like, I don't know how they're going to stretch out that story for like three more movies. But as a trilogy, it could be totally, totally perfect. So, yeah, we'll I think see. a trilogy would suffice. Like, let's not go the, the child's play route and release no. a bunch of stinkers after the first three. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a story that I don't I feel like doesn't need a shit ton of like lore and stuff, you know. Yeah, you don't need to really expand upon it cuz then it just gets convoluted. Exactly. So, yeah, guys, um those are our thoughts on The Barn Part 2, Sam. Anything else before we head out? No, honestly, I enjoyed it. Um you can pick up a copy off Amazon or Scream Team Releasing, or if you want to watch it on Screenbox, that's where it is. But that's if you're a collector like me. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think this is one that's worth collecting. I don't know if the physical edition has any cool, like, you know, uh, special features or anything on it, but I'm interested in picking it up. I don't think I own either movie on physical, but I would like to. Just because with with stuff like this, I mean, it'll probably always be on like a Tubi or something, but you you never know, you know. And I think it's like a cool little cult thing to to own. But yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's just as good as the Barn Part One. Maybe not better, but as like a back to back viewing, I think it's pretty awesome. And you know, if you're watching this on like a spooky date night on a weekend or whatever then I think you're going to be in for a really good time. I agree. So, Gravers, that's going to do it for episode 107. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, our next podcast is going to be all about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game, which at the time of this recording is coming out in just two days. We're both super pumped about it, and we should have a really cool episode coming out 
for you next. But for right now, at least, this has been our discussion of The Barn Part 2. Sam, if uh, the people want more grave discussions, where can they find us? They can find us on Jesus Christ, Apple Podcasts. They can find us on Spotify. I'm pretty sure they can still find us on Stitcher. I actually found us on this, like, I think it was Podbean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They found us on Podbean, which, like, okay, I guess we're on there, too. And there was, like, another... I was actually telling one of my friends, Ed, on Xbox that, like, Mm -hmm. about our podcast. He's like, are you on this platform? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think so. I forgot which platform it was, and I looked it up, and we were on it, like, all of our shit. So I was like, fuck, I guess, okay. And most importantly, you can find us on gravediscussions.net, and you can check out our previous episodes. You can read our, like, Meet the Hosts, which kind of needs to be updated because, like, my favorite movies have, like... (laughs) also changed and we'll we'll do that yeah you can read a lot of uh barnabas's articles as well because and make sure you check out our tiktok and make sure to check out you know our uh our youtube channel and check out some episodes mm-hmm. of barnabas's boneyard please yes and i know that you've been itching to get on the youtube channel too and, and yes. we'll definitely do that we're gonna have more uh, episodes of like the both of us but i'm still gonna be doing barnabas's boneyard too sam if you ever want to do your own little segment i mean then the more the merrier so i mean we've got big things coming for all our platforms honestly and like i still try to post almost daily if not you know every other day on tiktok so uh follow follow that follow the youtube follow facebook and instagram as well we do not have a twitter anymore I actually deactivated that just because we didn't really use it that much and now it's like x like, what the yeah, fuck? I'm, <laughs> so, I'm just I'm not going to that. And I'm not I'm not a giant fan of Elon, so no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Any yeah, Elon sorry. Musk fanboys if you're listening to this, I mean, don't take it personally, but maybe take it a little personally. Yeah, he's just, I don't, <laughs> he's just not my forte. Like nah. I don't wish harm upon the guy or anything. Like no, God bless, but, but just not our thing. No, thank you. Yeah, no. So uh it's, it's like Andrew Tate is not my thing. That's far yeah, from my fucking thing. No, no. So those other platforms that would definitely give us a follow. You can keep up to date with all of our um, new episodes, movie reviews, and all that kind of stuff. You can find me on defectofilmreviews.com as well, where I cover new horror movies as well as other new movies if you're into that kind of thing. But yeah, that's going to do it though. Again, follow, subscribe so you can hear and see all the new Grave Discussions content. But Until next time, fiends, we'll see you back on Grave Discussions. (laughs) We'll try to be more consistent now.